Somehow, surviving in this world of ours without an iPhone, holding out against the tide and the masses for a little while longer, I'm Michael Jackson. Besides a cut in price, which nearly always follows the first pricing pangs that accompany a new invention, I wonder how long it will be before blackberries and the like are considered obsolete. But taken as a serious question, I'd guess no more than a few months. So welcome, using whatever equipment you are, for another session. It is, for me, more and more difficult to respect the views, the opinions, the actions, the intentions, and the practices of the current administration. They lie. They're arrogant. They appear to have no policies that will benefit this country and our future. And with each arising story of complaint about how they operate out of the White House, the deeper my disrespect for Bush, Cheney, Rove, Rice, and the others... The most recent disgust on my part comes from the recent United States Surgeon General, Dr. Richard Carmona. He served from 2002 until last year, and he told Congress that the Bush administration routinely blocked him from speaking out on controversial issues. He was not permitted to mention stem cell research or contraception or AIDS, HIV. He was pressured to support what they called an ideological theological agenda. Dr. Carmona told Congress that, quote, the reality is that the nation's doctor has been marginalized and relegated to a position with no independent budget and with political appointees with partisan agendas. He was speaking recently before the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, and he added, anything that doesn't fit into the political, ideological, theological, or political agenda is often ignored, marginalized, or simply buried. I know the Surgeon General's office has little formal power, but it can be a great help in influencing people for the better. Remember Dr. C. Everett Koop's term, where he campaigned against smoking and AIDS very effectively. There's much more that will be said about this term, but let me add just one more despicable Bush-Cheney action. The good doctor was prevented from attending the Special Olympics event to talk about health and disabilities because, as he said, I was told I would be helping a politically prominent family. And why would I want to help those people? You know, that stinks. The family they're referring to, of course, the Kennedys, because Senator Edward Kennedy's sister founded the Special Olympics for handicapped children. I'd love to know what you think about that. The following might well come under the heading of sour grapes. On the other hand, it could be accurate, but what would you think? I didn't hear Dan Rather say the following, but the source of the information is said to be accurate. After leaving his anchor post, or being deposed from his anchor seat at CBS, he claimed that the evening news had gone downhill because they hired Katie Couric. Dan claimed they hired Miss Couric to, quote, tart it up and dumb it down. It is amazing the stature accorded the man or woman who sits and faces the nation in those network evening news shows that time and again we are told are outrated by local news. It's stature hardly earned when you realize they don't write the stuff and appear, I believe, for fewer than two minutes per broadcast. Katie receives something over 14 million annually. By the way, that is not to say that I'm not a fan of many of the network and cable hosts, but in summation, if they can get the money from those hard-driving, golden-parachuted executives, they deserve it. Speaking of money, and why not, here's a list which probably doesn't include most of those listening now, but it's a fact and the findings are fascinating. 
the 11th annual World Wealth Report, shows that during the year gone by, the U.S. population of high net worth individuals, and that means those with at least a million dollars in investable assets, excluding their primary income residents, rose by 9.4% to a total of 2.92 million. By the way, during the year gone by, the wealthy shifted their investment strategies, more money went to real estate at the expense of alternative investments. Go back just a few years, and the loss of airline baggage seemed to be a seldom occurring event. It happened most infrequently. It happened from time to time and infrequently, and brought sympathetic understanding from all those standing around the carousel. Now it appears rare is the person who doesn't lose bags. My personal favorite story was racing from Malaga, Spain, to the capital, Madrid, to rescue all my family's bags, lost or diverted somewhere as the result of an airline strike. I was shown to a hangar that had 16,000 lost bags. They all appeared to be the same make and color as mine. I searched like crazy for no avail. Three days later, I found them standing alone in the marble entrance hall of an airport in southern Spain. Now, when an airline permanently misplaces your bag, there's a very good chance that its contents will be sold in an Alabama town that thrives on the misfortune of other people. I'm not kidding. It is quite a business and apparently all quite legal. Each day at our airports, we know millions of bags are checked, but every day, thousands of those bags are never seen again. They end up in a remote village in the Appalachian foothills. It ends up at the unclaimed baggage center in a place called Scottsboro, Alabama. Why or how does this happen? Well, the lost baggage is sold to a fellow named Brian Owens, so it's no longer yours or mine. After the airlines have um, tried for 90 days to bring you together with a lost or mishandled baggage, he buys it by the pound and then sells the items of all sorts at a bargain discount. Everybody except the rightful owner benefits. It's all quite legal and awful, but a fact of life. Oh, did you watch that painfully long interview conducted by Larry King of Paris Hilton? It would have made a fascinating 10-minute interview, at most. Poor woman. She served more time than the Bush man, Scooter Libby. <laughs> there are still so many candidates in the race for the presidency. On the Republican side, you just know that they'll be comparing themselves to President Reagan. And it's a fair comparison, if you think about it. Each is just like Ronald Reagan if you understand that they simply find themselves minus his ideology, ambition, passion, charisma, and hair. Otherwise, they might well be indistinguishable. I wonder for how much longer Senator John McCain will stay in the race. Not long. On the Democrat side, do you wonder, as many do, how long Senator John Edwards will be in the race? The presidential hopeful has had quite a battle to reconcile the image of a man of the people with his obvious wealth. There is more and more concern that Syria might well attack Israel later this summer. Syria has been building a mighty arsenal of long and short-range missiles, anti-tank weapons, and much more. Just how far has the Supreme Court of the land shifted to the right? On abortion rights and race, there's no doubt that they've become more conservative. Technically, Nothing's occurred to the court's most famous liberal precedents like Roe v. Wade, the 1973 opinion which guaranteed the constitutional right to an abortion, nor to Brown versus the Board of Education, the 1955 ruling which ended deliberate school segregation. However, the spirit of the court is profoundly changed. 
Ruling in a case involving so-called partial birth abortion, the court made it much harder to challenge any state anti-abortion law. Frankly, they may well have restricted the right to choose without having to overrule Roe v. Wade. We'll see. And on race, last month's race ruling had our new Chief Justice showing a deep animosity to race-balancing plans aimed at integrating American schools. He claimed that integrating schools, still very much segregated by race, is now no better than segregating by race half a century ago. Frankly, it's far from clear whether or not any integrationist plans will in the future survive this court's scrutiny. And what if the aging liberal members of the court, Justices John Paul Stevens and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what if they should retire before Bush is replaced in the 2008 election? God help us then. A brief thought. To those who are amazed at the number of doctors who happen to be Muslims, who have been arrested, and some accused of being involved in the most recent terror attempts in England and Scotland, let me point out that doctors, despite their more privileged than most position in society, despite their better education and higher income, are no different in their loves and hates, their fanaticisms and criminality than any other group. Just a reminder, remember the infamous scourge of World War II, Dr. Joseph Mengele? Or how about Dr. Che Guevara, the Cuban guerrilla organizer? And then there was, of course, the guillotine, the eponymous promoter of the device that sliced the heads off so many thousands during the French Revolution. He was a doctor. The list could be much longer, but fortunately most doctors are as good as the ones who attend to our health. Meanwhile, the vice president continues to favor upping the threat of military action against Iran. Iran, to what end? A battle to be fought with non-available troops, with a catastrophic cost, with no end in sight, once begun, how do you end it? It appears that the Secretary of State Rice and Defense Secretary Gates are fortunately resisting the idea, so we hear. Vice President Cheney may well have diminished capital left, but if he decided to use all his capital on this single issue, he could possibly prevail. Is the President seriously considering the prospect of another war? Let's put it this way. At the moment, very nearly half of all the 277 warships that we possess are currently stationed near Iran. The answer has to be the diplomatic route, which the State Department is pursuing. But Bush is not going to leave Iran in a state of limbo. Just another day in Iraq. Another hundred sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, grandparents killed. And the American tally of critically injured and killed continues to climb. A war that has already lasted longer than our entire involvement in World War II. It must end, but how? It must end, but when? It must end soon. It's not a winning cause. It would have been much easier, perhaps, if those who got us into this unnecessary war had planned ahead, uh, beyond mission accomplished, beyond shock and awe, and a variety of ill-designed slogans. And as we watch the growing intensity of the race for the White House in 08, we must soon hear more clearly what each of the candidates proffers in the way of Iraq, and now maybe Iran. My choice for the ticket at this time, Clinton and Obama, the president and vice president. More to follow and things could change as we watch the performance of all those who would like to be our leaders. I'm Michael Jackson. 
Oh, 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 oh,